Divorce with Confidence is sponsored in part by the law firm of Nader, Naragi, and Woodcock, where they pursue peaceful settlement if possible and aggressive litigation when necessary. Visit them at www.nnwlegal.com. Divorce with Confidence is also sponsored in part by California Divorce Consultants, experienced attorneys offering consultations on a pay-per-minute basis with no obligations and no retainers. Find out more at www.CaliforniaDivorceConsultants.com. Hello and welcome to Divorce with Confidence, a program dedicated to helping you find the tools you need to manage the process of divorce with confidence and to find the solutions that are unique to you. My name is Hamid Naragi. I retired from practicing family law as an attorney after 25 years, during which I litigated, mediated, arbitrated, served as a private judge, as well as a divorce coach. I've also written two self-help divorce books, Divorce with Confidence and How to Manage a Contested Divorce in California. My name is Mary Johnson. I'm a certified divorce and life transition coach. As someone who's gone through the divorce process, I know you can navigate a divorce successfully and even thrive in life afterwards. Divorce can devastate you on many levels. To those who have been touched by it, there is no explanation necessary. And to those who haven't, no explanation is possible. We've helped thousands of people through their divorces and have created this podcast to provide our combined experience and wisdom for your benefits. Tune in each episode for a no-nonsense discussion on the subject of divorce that will help you navigate the process as smoothly and efficiently as possible. Welcome to Divorce with Confidence. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Divorce with Confidence. My name's Mary Johnson. I'm a certified divorce and life transition coach, and I've been through my own divorce, too. This is the second podcast in the Divorce with Confidence series, and our topic today It's one that's often overlooked, but really important. How do you stay sane through a divorce and not let the stress overwhelm you and negatively impact the divorce process? So today's show is entitled Divorce Trauma Triage 101. In this podcast, we're going to give the stress of divorce the attention it deserves. With me today to discuss how to triage the trauma and divorce is my co-host, Hamid. Hamid's a retired divorce attorney, mediator, and a private judge who's witnessed firsthand many people operating in crisis mode during the divorce process. Hi, Mary. Good to be with you again. You too. So tell me, Hamid, when you've dealt with clients in the eye of the storm, how were their coping skills throughout the process? I mean, I know I felt overwhelmed it felt like it was a never-ending stress and it impacted every area of my life work Mm -hmm. family friendships just yeah every area yeah well divorce is a is a very personal experience and i've seen different people handle it differently for some uh you know they cope with it very well and others are completely devastated by it uh, there are some who are ready for it and some who aren't. And, you know, some see it even as a positive step and others see it as the end of the road. So I think uh, initially you need to allow yourself to go through the process without judgment and observe what it is that you're actually feeling. So if, if, if you notice that for you, the divorce is difficult and overwhelming, 
Know that that's okay. Know that you're not alone. It's okay for someone going through something as significant as a divorce to feel the emotions that they do. And it's very important initially to acknowledge those feelings and recognize them so that, and here's the important part, you can then choose to deal with it appropriately. You can manage it as opposed to allowing it to manage you. Now, what you don't want is to allow your emotions to dominate your consciousness and affect all of the choices you're about to make. Mm -hmm. Because believe me, going through a divorce, you are going to make a lot of important decisions. You need to be 100% present while you're making those choices and not influenced by your emotions. And by the way, when I say anyone and everyone, that includes the spouses. Mm -hmm. I, can, I, I can just about guarantee, based on my experience dealing with individuals and couples, that both sides are likely going through their own bouts of emotions. Mm. Uh, well, Hamid, I would say that's debatable. I, I <laughs> highly, maybe just my situation, but I highly doubt my ex was <laughs> feeling the stress like I was. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I was on the receiving end where, you know, he had time. He had been planning it for a while and had time to adjust emotionally. Mm -hmm. So, uh, given I was blindsided, many times I just wanted to to basically walk away from the situation. Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, in speaking to others and with the coaching, I'm not alone in my reaction. It's really common when mm -hmm. the stress is so high and so prolonged to want to just give up and throw in the towel. Sure. Um, yeah. So has that been something you've seen a lot um, in your practice? Well, first of all, I didn't say that your spouse was going to feel this exact same emotions or the same level of stress. Remember that I just said everyone is different. What I did say is that based on my experience, the spouse is most likely also going through their own bouts of emotions as a result mm -hmm. of the divorce. Now, and, and second, you cannot throw in the towel. That's a perfect example of what I just talked about, which is allowing your emotions to affect the choices that you are going to make during the divorce. You have to separate them. And notice I didn't say try to separate them. You have to actually do it. Throwing in the hmm. towel means giving up. And unless there's going to be a healthy reconciliation, a healthy one, where everybody goes back and the divorce goes away. Yeah. Unless that happens, the divorce is going to go on and it's it, with or without you. And the only thing that throwing in the towel can possibly mean is to give up and allow your spouse to have anything and everything they want. And yeah, I, I've seen that. I've seen people get tired and get their, uh, you know, give their spouses more than the law provides because they get tired and they want yeah. the fighting to end, right. which is fine. You know, it's their choice. If that's what someone wants to do and they realize what they're doing, that's fine. But more often than not, if that decision is based on what we're talking about, which is emotional exhaustion, then they end up regretting that later. And, and, and then that becomes the source of more stress later on. 
Yeah. So I'm guessing we're talking about financial stress down the road. Um, you know, unfortunately, women are more likely to be financially worse off than men after divorce. So I think it's especially important for women to remember that, uh, especially that you have to stay in the game, keep pushing through, persevere, and not disengage. You know, um, my training as a divorce coach can help you do this and be knowledgeable about the choices you have and, you know, navigate the process. I mean, I think it's obvious if a couple can get along and communicate and the, make the process go, you know, relatively quickly and amicably, that's mm -hmm. great. And, you know, I wish I was in that situation. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, others are in a more prolonged situation due to, you know, whatever the reason, unnecessary fighting or one person wants to drag things out or they just can't come uh, to an agreement and resolve issues. Is that, you know, are these the types of scenarios you've seen in your um, prior practice that drag things out? Well, I, actually, to correct one thing, I, I'm not just talking about financial stress. Uh, I'm talking about any kind of stress, basically stress over things not being the way someone wants them to be. And yeah, I've absolutely seen what I consider unnecessary fighting, and I've seen it way too often. The key word being unnecessary, because as I've written and spoken about before, it's crucial that anyone going through uh, a divorce distinguishes and separates the legal divorce from what I call the real divorce. Uh, you know, you've called it the divorce of the hearts. And I actually like that description. Uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. But, you know, what about the situation where you want to cooperate and, you know, make it as peaceful as possible and your spouse doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. what then? Well, you cannot control what someone else wants or ultimately does. Okay. It's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's, it's great that you would want to cooperate and that's half the equation. Now, the only thing you can do is to communicate that to the other side and hopefully have them see the wisdom of that. But if they don't, if they are either getting bad advice or whatever their motivation might be for not wanting to be civil uh, and to cooperate, you can't let that affect your emotions. A lot of times that may be exactly what they want to get under your skin and, and get you off balance. Yeah. What you can do in a situation like that where you want to cooperate, but your spouse doesn't, if they're being difficult, it's to get a good lawyer who can be aggressive if necessary, but always try to defuse the situation if possible. And, and that's exactly what the law firm, you know, Nader, Naragi and Woodcock does. The firm, that's the firm that I retired from. In fact, their motto, our motto was and is peaceful settlement if possible, aggressive litigation if necessary. Now, if you remember, um, the purpose and the only focus of the legal divorce is about financial matters being resolved. And if you have children, to determine what's in the children's best interest at that particular time. And that will either happen be because both parties come to an agreement uh, and, and to the extent they can't agree, a judge, you know, a stranger in a robe will decide. Yeah, that's stressful. 
Yeah, and and that's all a practical exercise. If, if there is an effective and relative calm communication between the two, and if they have lawyers, if there's calm communication between the lawyers, and I say that because a lot of time the problem is the lawyers, then there is absolutely no reason for the fighting to be dragged out. But, and this is a crucial point, once the emotions, the anxiety, the anger, the stress all coming from the real divorce, divorce of the hearts, mm -hmm. gets mixed in and involved in dealing with these practical elements, you get into a vicious cycle where the emotions cause problems in the legal divorce, the fighting, which then exasperates the emotions, which then makes the fighting in the legal divorce more intense. And the cycle goes on and on. And now you got the two feeding on each other. Yeah, I mean, and that's something I like to focus on today, um, the cycle of emotions, because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if that keeps up, that can cause long-term health effects. And, yeah. um, you know, divorce is associated with health problems. Um, f as far as mental health, you know, people going through and who are divorced have more depression and anxiety. There's even mm -hmm. something called post-dissolution, PTSD. Yeah. And we know that the more conflict in a divorce, the worse the impacts are going to be. So I think it's, you know, important just to point out that if you see someone else going through a divorce, reach out. And if you're going through a divorce, you know, reach out for, for help when you need it. Mm -hmm. um, divorced and separated people have a much higher suicide rate, unfortunately, than their married counterpoints. Yeah. Uh, so if... You know, if a listener is, is having these thoughts at all, please get the emergency help they need and deserve and know you're not alone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, um, given having a medical degree, I can't help but talk about the impact of stress on your physical health. Mm -hmm. um, people are, who are divorced are more likely to have chronic health problems like heart disease, cancer, diabetes. Um, they're more likely to be hospitalized use illegal substances yeah and you know overall they have an increased risk of of dying increased mortality risk mm -hmm. especially men divorced men are more likely to die than married men mm -hmm. and they tend to suffer more heart attacks and strokes for example um and one reason you know people have looked at why this might be but one reason is that perhaps men in general have less social and emotional support than women um, yeah. going through, you know, the process of divorce. And in general, with our mobile society always on the go, um, you know, friendships are harder to form and maintain nowadays. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Hamid, did you know that uh, we're more likely to make friends at work than in uh, any other way? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised by that. And, you know, everything is going on right now with, you know, COVID and people working from home. Right, right. And so that's cut down, you know, on the ability to really, you know, grow those friendships um, beyond a work relationship. And, you know, this, this kind of highlights the importance of a divorce coach because they can kind of be your partner in this or, uh, and or a divorce support group and even our podcast I think overall, it's really, really important going through a divorce to have a strong support network 
um, mm-hmm. and especially surround yourself with those that they get, get it. They get the whole yeah. process. Yeah. So um, from your perspective, Hamid, what are some things that can be done to provide more of a sense of stability, um, which may in turn ease some of the emotional trauma that people are going through? Yeah, sure. Well, for, for all of the reasons that you just described and, and what I've described, uh, I would say that it's extremely important to give your emotional well-being at least as much attention as you're giving to the legal process. That's something I didn't see that often. You know, what I see mm-hmm. is that people facing a divorce get tunnel vision over the legal process and not pay attention to what is going on in their own minds. their level of stress and how both of these things manifest in their daily activities and routines. Yeah. Your emotional well-being is not only going to affect the legal aspects, as I just described, um, but they're also affecting every other element of your life, as you described, including every person in your life, the quality of the work that you do, your sense of peace, But most importantly to me is the relationship and the image that you have of yourself as you go through the process. Yeah, but I would I would say there can be a silver lining on that, Um, because even though you have to go through this grueling process, um, I would say that, you know, if you're lucky and and you focus on it, you might actually find who you really are Mm -hmm. through the process. And. Mm you know, finally be free to pursue life as you want. And sure. I, I know that was true for me. Um, and, you know, now I can finally embrace life on my own terms like I've never been able to before. Yeah, and that's fantastic. I'm so glad that you, you, you've been able to change your perspective to that. through, And I, I wish that for everybody. Yeah. Um, now, as far as the, as the legal perspective, and honestly, And remember that I'm saying this from the perspective of a lawyer and a mediator and someone who's been a private judge. I think for most, if not everyone, more important than hiring a lawyer or a mediator, which is what most people do at the beginning, is to slow down, to make sure you know what direction your divorce should take and what kind of help you need, if any. You might not need help at all. And why? And just as important as the kind of help you need is what kind of help you want to stay away from and why. And I'm, I'm referring to lawyers, you know, that for, for a lot of people, you want to stay away from lawyers at the beginning. And all of this is a big order to fill for someone to have to take on that level of education and analysis by themselves about the pros and cons of all the options out there. When, as we've been talking about, you're already in an emotionally compromised uh, state. Right. And that's why I recommend finding a good and well-qualified coach. And that's why I became a coach who can help you figure out what options are out there and why some may or may not be well-suited for you. Yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, you know, I also uh, chose to go into divorce coaching after realizing that's there's such a void there to help mm-hmm. people um, in this process. Um, but I found something kind of funny coming from you. I want to ask you about what do you mean, (laughs) um, staying away from a lawyer? That's, that's a little bit ironic. 
Well, for, for example, there are situations where hiring a lawyer right away is crucial. Like if your spouse is physically or emotionally hurting you or the kids, if, if your spouse is going to run off or has run off with the children, if you have reason to believe that your spouse is transferring or hiding assets, or if your spouse has cut you off financially so you can't even pay for your basic needs. Mm-hmm. And urgent situations like that, you know, if things are that bad, well, then you need to hire a lawyer right away and deal with those urgencies. And then the only decision is which lawyer is the right one to hire. Um, you personally saw that not all lawyers are the same. And, and actually, harm can come from not hiring a lawyer that knows what they're doing, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, not all lawyers are created equally. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my situation, my first lawyer, she was very nice. Um, and, yeah. you know, I didn't know what to expect. But when I realized I was going to miss an important deadline mm-hmm. and that that would have really hurt my case, it really kind of threw me into panic mode. Like, whoa, I, I did not make a good choice here. So n- not being familiar with the legal process, it was actually quite, yeah, you know, shocking to find out the difference in quality uh between between different lawyers yeah and, and you were fortunate enough to notice that and and switch lawyers in, in yeah. the middle of the process now right but but to go back and answer the question that you posed to me um you know for other people so uh, without those kind of urgent situations for other people hiring an attorney prematurely even a good one may be the worst decision you could make at the beginning because that might take your case down an unnecessary path towards fighting and animosity where that could have been avoided. Yeah. You know, you hire a lawyer, then they have to hire a lawyer. And even if you hire a reasonable lawyer, maybe they don't. Maybe they hire a pit bull. And then the lawyers do what they do, which is use legal techniques, which are adversarial by nature. Um, you know, lawyers are tools and the right tool used at the right time can accomplish things and the wrong tool used at the wrong time can actually break things. And that will only add to the stress and trauma that we're tra- we're talking about minimizing. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like a hammer versus a, a, a mallet, I guess. Yeah. And I always give the, the visual of, you know, don't use a th- uh, sledgehammer to drive a thumbtack. Uh, you're going to do more <laughs> harm. But Let's get back to the source of the stress and what people should do to deal with it. So once someone observes their emotions and understands that they're not alone in feeling that what they're feeling, so there's no judgment, that it's normal and that there's nothing wrong with that. And also, they understand that they need to give it uh, attention separate from the legal process as, we've been, as I've been talking about. Mm-hmm. From your perspective, as a life coach, with your medical background and with someone who's gone through this process personally, how can they manage it the best way? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a super important um, point to, to talk about. Basically, you, you have to take care of your physical and mental health. If you don't, if you put it off, it will catch up with you. And so I think the key is just to learn to deal with the stress in healthy ways as you go through the process. So if you're feeling stress in the moment, 
I would say deep breathing is the way to go. Um, just a few minutes of deep breathing, it can calm you. There's a physiological mm -hmm. reason that it's happening, and it will you know, tame the physiological stress response. So that's something super simple that you can do in any situation. And you know, if you need tips on how to do the, the deep breathing correctly, you can Google it. Um, it's, it's widely, widely known and promoted. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I think, you know, especially as you're doing the deep breathing, focus on the moment. Try to be present and not let your mind wander, uh, you know, to the past or to your to-do list or, you know, to the what-ifs and what could-have-beens and what should-have-beens. Yeah. Um, and this will also help, I think, keep your problems in perspective. Another really important way to deal with stress is to exercise. It is good both for your physical health, obviously, but also your mental health. Um, just by, if you're, you know, able to, running 15 minutes a day mm -hmm. or walking an hour a day, studies have shown that that reduces the risk of major depression, and you know, that, mm. and that's one thing associated with divorce. Yeah. So, um, as little as, you know, possible or, you know, whatever you can do, uh, exercise and it will, you will feel better. Yeah. Um, another important point I would say is to practice gratitude. Maybe even keep a gratitude journal just to remind yourself of the good things that are still going on in your life despite the divorce. So important. You know, and for me personally, it was helpful to do that and even to do it with my children. Um, you know, and my faith also helped shape a large part of my outlook when it came to gratitude. That was very important. And the last point, which is um, super important uh, in the divorce situation and in any other stressful situation is to get enough sleep. And, uh, you know, this is easier said than done. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, sleep and stress, they tend to have a reciprocal relationship. So, uh even the slightest amount of sleep deprivation or poor sleep can impact your ability to use good judgment, to have, uh, you know, kind of a stable mood and your memory. And all of these things are key to make good decisions when you're in the high stakes of a divorce. So um, I don't think it can be emphasized enough. And interestingly, one study found that if you ruminate on stressful events, yeah. that was the primary factor impacting sleep quality, not the actual level of stress you're under. Yeah. So in some ways, it really is mind over matter. Um, so quick question. I'm just curious. Uh, Hamid, how many, how many hours of sleep do you get a night? <laughs> um, now I get about eight or nine hours of sleep, believe it or not. And, and I'm talking, I'm talking deep sleep. My, wow. my wife always jokes that if someone ever breaks into our house, they can steal the mattress from under me and I won't. So I'm talking deep sleep, but that was <laughs> not always the case. Uh, at, you know, we talk about stress and its effect on sleep. You can imagine uh, a lawyer, divorce lawyer, uh, managing partner of a statewide law firm. Uh, I used to be a police officer. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I, I'm not a stranger to stress. And 
for the longest time and the culminating, you know, uh, cumulative effect of this, I, I would go to bed for about eight or nine hours, but I would sleep for an hour, then I'd wake up. And then once you wake up and you're stressed, just like you said, and you can't fall back asleep, and now you're right. stressed about not being able to fall back asleep. So I had to learn how to be able to sleep that much. It, it takes practice. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you're the anomaly. I guess we'll call you Sleeping Beauty. Um, <laughs> we, we do need at least seven hours of sleep at night as adults, and a lot of us don't get that. Um, and, you know, we know that people would be healthier, happier um, if they were able to sleep an extra hour to an hour and a half a night. So my take home for, um, you know, health is that divorce is already tough enough, but just try not to make it even worse with sleep deprivation. Yeah, that is extremely good advice, uh, explaining what I've already gone through. And my personal view, and I mentioned that I learned how to sleep, uh, my personal view confirms what you just described because, and I don't want to get too zen here, but I will, uh, <laughs> is that, look, at any, at any given moment, there are three stages fighting for your attention. There's the past, the present that you discussed, and the future. And this is especially true when the people that I've well dealt with you know, are going through a divorce. Because your stress is at its worst when you're caught up too much either on the past or you're thinking in an unhealthy way about the future. You know, you can plan for the future, but when you're obsessed with it and, uh, you know, I'm talking about all the what ifs that run through your mind. What right. if this happens? And what if that happens? And what will I do if this happens? What will I do if that happens? And this state of mind gets in the way of the state of calm that you need to be in when you're not only trying to sleep, but when you're trying to make decisions in your right. divorce. So bringing it back to divorce, you know. So you have to deal with this properly with some help, with some support. I mentioned I learned. I didn't learn by myself. I had to go and get help uh, on, on how to do all of that. When something happens or when something your spouse maybe says triggers memories of the past, and gets you angry, hurt, sad, or you worry about what's going to happen with the kids, mm -hmm. the house, am I gonna lose my house? Uh, how are your finances gonna look? And all of that gets you tense and anxious. And if you don't find an effective way to deal with these emotions, as you've described, they're gonna leak into every moment of your present life yeah. and affect how you feel, how you act, how well you perform at work, and maybe the most damaging that you already described is how well you sleep. Mm -hmm. Now, the way I suggest you begin to deal with this is it, it, just like you have either a coach or a lawyer or some kind of a support system to deal with the legal aspects of your divorce, you know, so that you can make the right decisions, you should give this part of your life the recognition it needs, the emotional part, and have either a reliable coach or a support system to deal with the emotional part of your divorce. So completely confirming what everything that you, you've just described. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, I, so in a nutshell, if you're asking yourself, what can you do to triage the trauma when you're heading into a divorce situation or maybe you're in the middle of it and emotions are running high, 
I would say number one, recognize what you're feeling is completely normal when you're going through a divorce. Um, no one is immune to these feelings. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't matter your level of, of education, how long you've been married, it, it just doesn't matter. Number two, take good care of your mental and your physical health. They're tied together mm -hmm. and it will serve you well to be able to um, handle the process. And then three, get a divorce team together. You know, consciously, um, you know, pull your team together. You know, this could be support people, maybe your friends, your family. This could be a divorce support group. Um, this could be our podcast, a therapist. Um, we obviously recommend a divorce coach and, you know, a lawyer if needed, but get this team together so you feel like you're not going through this alone and you have the resources that you need. Yeah, and a lawyer if needed. Uh, underline that if. Um, so anyways, I hope this has been helpful to all of you who are listening, who are going through a divorce, or and if there are people who you know who, who could be helped by this, please let them know. And please tune in to our next podcast where we will discuss accountability while going through a divorce. Yeah, great topic. So until next time, please take care of yourselves and be well. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you found the information helpful and that you will share it with anyone who may also be helped by it. Remember to click subscribe to get an alert for new episodes and go to divorcewithconfidence.org for a list of past shows as well as leaving questions and ideas for future programs on Instagram at Divorce With Confidence. The content and conversations in this podcast are for informational and entertainment purposes only and do not contain legal advice, legal opinions, or any other form of advice regarding any specific facts or circumstances. Communication of information through this podcast, one, does not create or constitute an attorney-client relationship, two, is not intended as a solicitation to create an attorney-client relationship to provide legal services as to any particular matter, and three, is not intended to convey or constitute legal advice or to provide a substitute for obtaining legal advice from a qualified attorney. You should not act upon any such information without seeking qualified legal counsel on your specific needs.